0: number is your statistics in sports podcast i'm one of your hosts joshua tracy
1: the one currently eating is core (laughs) vanilla
0: um welcome to the monday episode of the show we're actually recording this on monday because we had shit going on yesterday so it's coming to you like i don't know 12 hours late and if that's too much for you you know what to do suck my dick it doesn't matter um, this is some shit we do for fun. So, uh, anyway, welcome to the Monday episode. Uh, for Thursday's episode, we'll be having uh, Stacey Gatsoulias on from the Locked On Yankees podcast and the uh, IBWAA podcast. If you don't know what the IBWAA podcast is, one, I'm surprised because I don't know how you know who we are and not them, um, especially since I am literally a member. Uh, and then two, it stands for the Internet Baseball Writers Association of America. Check them out. Um, Sign up, register for it. Their emails are super fun. Uh, And the guys who run it do a really good job. And Stacey's very good on their podcast. So anyway, we'll have her on on Thursday. So we'll be saving Yankees talk until then. I know that um, since this is actually being recorded on Monday, we know that there has been a small trade involving the Yankees thus far with the Pirates. But again, we will get there when we get there on it. Uh, So today we'll be more focused on football updates and then uh, the non-Yankees trades that have happened thus far in the MLB, in addition to everyone's favorite rumors, um, which is the bullshit, stupid ones. So we'll get into that. Corwin Heller, now that you've swallowed, are you ready? (laughs) Uh,
1: Yes, I am. And I'm not going to touch that.
0: (laughs) Oh, all right. I guess let's start with uh, Aaron Rodgers, because he has made the news a couple of times Um, In the past few weeks, we mentioned this the other day in our last episode about how apparently rumor had it that the Packers had offered a two-year extension to Rodgers that would have made him the highest paid uh, player of all time, and he turned it down. Now, apparently, the Packers are inching closer towards an agreement with Rodgers by actually from what I'm seeing, shortening the contract to have it be done after this season, um, as in addition to some other concessions that I, I don't think are available yet, but uh, would be – oh, actually, hold on. Oh, I have it. Okay, so, yeah, actually, I found it. Uh, the year 2023 in Rodgers' contract would be voided with no tags allowed going forward. So that's big. Mm -hmm. The Packers would agree to review Rogers' situation at the end of the season. I don't know what that means. Um, Rogers' contract would be adjusted with no loss of income to give the Packers more cap room now. So I don't know how that would shake out in terms of where that money goes then. Because if Rogers' contract gets shortened, you would think that their front load, maybe they convert all of that into signing bonus then?
1: oh man i have no idea it's I don't one know, of those I things know. where i haven't it's one of those like free agency starts and you you know you go through remind yourself all that kind of stuff and it's just been so hectic this year i've done absolutely nothing to kind of like look into these details i'm just reading the headlines now i'm just turning into every other talking head
0: that's okay uh i would imagine they're going to do do some there's all types of nfl cap room chicanery that can that can go on to avoid playing by the rules that the league made itself because why should the league play by its own rules let's just make them up as we go along um welcome it, make to the Lightning hockey.
1: Yeah. It, it makes the most sense to make it into a bonus of some kind whether it be a signing it wouldn't be a signing bonus but uh it could it's an extension maybe it could be a signing bonus regardless it could be a, a Roster bonus. It could be a performance incentive where it pushes the cap space to next year, where they're just will need to hope that revenue shoots back up and maybe a big contract disappears. Um, but he turned it down and he's back.
0: Well, he has not turned this offer down yet. Um, the final. Point being that I see in the concessions to be made is mechanisms to be put in place, to address Rogers's issues with the team. Obviously we don't know what his issues with yeah. the team are in full outside of the fact that they never seem to give him players um, that would actually help him not have to carry the offense on his back. But um, we don't know what that looks like outside of also pay Devonte Adams. That would be a pretty dope way to go out mm-hmm. be like, look, I am old and on the way out, I want a bucket of money and Devontae Adams is cool as shit. And I need you to give him a bucket of money too. Just like watch out for your guy like that. That'd actually that'd be super cool if Rogers if he did that.
1: It's like one of those things where it's like he's made so much in his career through, you know, on field salary, endorsements, everything like that. Where yeah, having more money is great. Capitalism is cool. Like All the money you get, the better. Like, you can always spend it, save it, whatever. There's no reason not to take more money. But he's got so much of it already. Hey, let me help a guy out who's been underpaid his whole career, you know? Make sure I have this guy for the final couple years of my career.
0: And make sure he's taken care of after I'm gone, you know? Yeah. I want Devontae Adams to get a $20 million per year contract, fully guaranteed, Kirk Cousins style
1: negotiating two contracts as one
0: just because you like the guy and he's good mm. at his job. Honestly, that's the way that, that ain't that man. Just That'd like if, if Rogers
1: and, and Devonte Adams, you know, together went to the Packers and it's like, Hey, we both have expired contracts after this season. Or even if one does, it's like, Hey, neither of us are going to play until we both sign the agreed upon contracts that we both, you know, agree is a fair, you know, split for both of us. If Rodgers gets a great contract and you give me a shitty one, neither of us are signing them. And then just using that tandem as leverage. I want to make some phone calls.
0: Um, so it will be see- – these are, are apparently things that are being talked about on the table with, I guess, the Packers being receptive in some way. So we'll see if that actually ends up kind of going down and what the details of all these rather vague demands look like. Um, financials, what these concessions are, what Rodgers' concerns are that the need being addressed. But uh, it seems as though, you know, again, Rodgers holds every card, as we talked about in the last episode where we talked about this. So if the Packers want to be relevant this season in a positive context, they're going to need him and we'll have to bend over to do it. So I look forward to the uh, entire state of Wisconsin Bending over for Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, Corwin, you're muted. Which they probably would already. Go cheese heads. So, uh, let's take this into a different territory then. And that is two updates involving Deshaun Watson. Now, the first one to make this transition a little bit more smooth is... The Texans admitting that they would be willing to trade Deshaun Watson. They're asking Price. And that they always have it. been. Yes. And they're asking Price. Word on the street being. Some combination of five high uh, draft picks and starting caliber players. Some combination of the two. Right. Right. Which I think sounds about right.
1: It really does. Like it It genuinely like it seems five early draft, like five first round picks and starters or or like five starters and a first round pick or two. It's like that's fucking insanity. And it's like, yeah, but Deshaun Watson is a cost controlled top three, top five quarterback in the NFL who's 25 years old. Yeah. You know, you have such a good chance to re-sign him if you trade for him and, you know, have a good enough organization and can treat him well enough to have that inside track. track. That's absolutely worth it. You know, like if you're a team that already has key pieces there, yeah, losing the next five first-round picks or five high draft picks and a handful of guys already starting for you that's going to suck to keep guys, you know, talent around him, but he's good enough to kind of pick pieces up when you can't afford them quite as much. So I don't think it's that crazy.
0: No, it really isn't. Again, you know, like three firsts and two seconds, three firsts and three seconds. And then a a handful of your, you know, good players. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, it's so not unreasonable especially for the most important position on the field.
1: It's one of those things where, like, yes, Deshaun Watson is going to be a great addition for any team, and it will easily turn them into a Super Bowl contender. If you're the Texans, you're not going to be able to do anything with Deshaun Watson in the first place. Like, there is nothing that the yards he puts up for you that is really going to make your team better next year make it better in two years, anything like that. Like, what you do on the field right now doesn't mean jack shit because there's no chance you make it anywhere. It's not a team that you are a handful of pieces away. It's not a team where you're one key transaction away. It's not a team where, oh, we could build on this talent that we have and just get there. Like, we just need to work towards it. You can't work towards it with that roster. It's awful. So there's nothing... There for him, trade him and get the value. Otherwise, you really don't get anything.
0: What team do you think between the two that I have in my head would make more sense for Deshaun Watson to get traded to the Denver Broncos or the New York Football Giants?
1: I think the Denver Broncos are probably in a better position to compete this year with a talented quarterback.
0: Don't forget, the Giants play in the worst division the NFL's ever seen.
1: <laughs> and the Broncos play with the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders. Hmm. I think, yeah, that's, okay, that's okay. Tough. the Broncos would be the more talented team, but the Giants would make the playoffs. I mean, look, your only competition... It's right potentially now the Cowboys, right? Is the Cowboys. I mean, I mean, the Cowboys with a healthy Dak Prescott was the best offense in the NFL last year. Their defense fucking sucked, and, and I don't think it's making any crazy strides this year, but at the same time, it's not an a unbeatable team. Like it's a very team, very competitive team for the Giants with Deshaun Watson. Um,
0: they'd have a they'd have a hell of an offense if they yeah. just would need to figure out that oh, defense. God. Kenny which,
1: Galladay, some nice uh, I forgot offensive they line day. pieces. You got Evan Ingram there, who yeah, catching passes from Deshaun Watson might turn him into like an average tight end. Um, God, Saquon Barkley, that offensive line, Kenny Galladay. You've got some nice pieces around him with some receiving talent. Their defense is not all that bad, but it's not like great secondary not much there on D-line and that is the shit, shit division. So I think the Broncos would be the most talented roster, but I think the Giants would have a much better chance of making the playoffs.
0: Oh, don't you love how the most talented team doesn't always go? Gotta love sports. Uh, now... There's a
1: reason the Steelers went like 11-0, and 13-0, like two seasons ago. It was not talent, you know.
0: Fuck yourself. Corin Heller, who has never seen a losing season out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So. I don't think uh, I've ever
1: seen a losing season out of one of like the major, like other than the Pirates who were immediately surrendered for a team that was on the rise. I don't think any team I've rooted for has ever had a losing record. Like while I've watched them.
0: And that explains who he is today, folks
1: I'm a winner. I'm a white middle class male. This world was made for me. you know I'm a winner. What can <laughs> I say?
0: Oh no he's self-aware
1: go <laughs> <laughs> um, put on a polo and some khakis.
0: Go golfing <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, anyway, anyway. Go so obviously the, the trade talks around Deshaun Watson brings up the immediate question of, is he playing in the NFL next year? Because that's also, I mean, the biggest asterisk against what the Texan season is going to be going forward that we could possibly imagine. And obviously the shitty things like, or like the un- unimportant things like his trade values compared to the important things, like, is he a horrible, horrible person? So in that sense, there's also news in which um, I have the story in front of me, uh, two women, two new women joined uh, 10 other women to file police complaints against Sean Watson uh, in Houston this week. And two Uh, these two women are not involved in the civil suit against Deshaun Watson. So if there's anybody out there saying they're just in it for the money, these women aren't even going for the money part of things. This is, this is criminal. This is not civil. There's there's not going to be monetary compensation. No, I actually, I'm very not confident in how well I know the law. So I'm not going to say there's not going to be, but I don't think that there is Um, since I don't think they say, dad, you're a horrible person. Murderers get a million dollars to the state and then then your murders, no more murders. I don't think it works like that. I think you have to go to jail and then they sue you civilly for damages, I think. Um, so anyway, I, it, that is a deepening of the wor- terribleness of the situation um, while also I think encouraging to see more women come out and, you know, speak their truth on the situation, which is obviously terrible, but you like to see this kind of, uh, I don't know, solidarity or, or empowerment the right word to, to do what's right for them. It could be very hard to come forward is what I'm trying to get at. So kudos to them and, you know, big shout out to them for having it within themselves to do that. Uh, sure it's horrifying in general, plus when the person you're accusing is a celebrity. So I mean, again, the NFL hasn't done anything, and it's infuriating because not doing anything is just mind-blowing. Especially, and I'm going to bring it up till the day I die, they banned Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott, for six games for being accused of sexual assault when there was proof he didn't do anything. Text, text messages and everything mm-hmm. from an angry ex-girlfriend And here we have 10 women filing police reports against Deshaun Watson, and the NFL has done absolutely nothing. And it's that level of sheer inconsistency and not believing what the women are saying when these are some very credible accusations that just makes you scream as a sports fan. As a human being, really. I mean, Mm -hmm. forget football for a, a hot moment, if we can, as a human being, like, it's horrible. It's, it's like, if he's going to, he's going to get like roster bonuses and pay, paychecks and like all this shit that he, if, if we're treating this with any credibility, he should not be getting. And that's the off. And we have to sit around and get news updates about his trade value. When, if he's on the commissioner's exempt list, I don't think we're getting those updates. I don't think that's a story if he's on the commissioner's exempt list. Which mm-hmm. again can happen any any fucking time. Yeah. Like the NFL literally won a lawsuit saying that they can do whatever the fuck they want in regards to uh, suspending players because it's their league and they make the rules.
1: Their employees, yeah.
0: Yeah, which was the, the Tom Brady Deflate Gate case. So I mean, they literally can do whatever they want in regards to suspending players, and they won a lawsuit saying arguing exactly that. So, I mean, it's it's infuriating.
1: I don't expect them to ever do the right thing. Um, so I'm very much not looking forward to what this outcome is. If we're being honest, I think he's going to file a settlement with each of the women, and we'll start week one with maybe a two-game suspension at the most if there's enough public outcry for one to be handed down
0: it's it's the spinning wheel of justice and obviously you hope that there's real justice in a court of law to make up for the superficial justice of the you know artifice of rules that is exist within the nfl uh you know like uh What's the Josh Brown from the Giants a few years ago? What
1: kicker, who, Yeah.
0: yeah who like literally beat up his wife and got a two same, two game suspension only <laughs> after like video surfaced of it. And then mm-hmm. a few years later, Ezekiel Elliott LA getting a six game suspension for nothing. And now the we're Ray back Rice
1: situation too.
0: the Ray Rice situation. Yeah. I mean, this so fucking much. And obviously I know I think we're about to pat the NFL on the back a little bit for their COVID policy stuff. Uh, which we'll get, we'll just get into in just a second. Um, but I, it, it is ridiculous that right at this point, and I don't know why leagues do this to themselves because we, we spent a few months talking about the angels with the Mickey Callaway situation and the, the Mets with that, with their situation a few years ago, it was the Astros with their situation and just a constant stream of misogyny and bullshit that, you know, constantly comes at you from every angle and and we just finished talking about the angel shit and now here we are with more nfl shit and it's like i don't know why they they won't take a stronger stance on something that i think we can all universally agree on and do right by, by the women who watch these sports and spend their money trying to be fans oh, of yeah. this shit it's ridiculous are you wearing two different headphones
1: I'm switching over to the airpods and i didn't want to ever lose audio so stuck my deck see like now i'm connected to the airpod and i could take these off boom
0: oh boy all right technology. so technology
1: wow that actually sounds both significantly better um because my headphone jack is broken um and it's just uh feels so much better this is great
0: i'm i'm very happy for you buddy we're
1: we're geniuses here here it's juicing the numbers i almost said my actual company that i work for um
0: (laughs) oh yeah that would have been been great no one needs to know where we work um although it's funny because you could probably find both of us very easily incredibly easily oh Oh, my god so much none of our information is private but
1: and nobody cares (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) that's right don't give a shit um. All right. So then, I guess let's talk further into the NFL about their COVID guidelines. Now, there was a, a big long, actual list of all the guidelines that the NFL released, and I'm not going to sit here and read all that because that shit's very long, and you can go like fucking look at it yourself, bitch. Like I ain't your goddamn text to to read service. Get out of here. Um. But to summarize. The NFL is taking COVID protocols very seriously, and they are requiring uh, pl- people to be vaccinated. Uh, if, and if not vaccinated, then be subject to uh, constant testing. Um, now, this has already had some effects as uh, two assistant coaches, one with the Patriots and one with the Vikings, Are set to leave the NFL over the COVID nineteen requirements, um, which oh yes, see the
1: Patriots coach. Who was that?
0: um, It doesn't give me a name here. It just says Patriots and um, oh, Cole Popovich. He's their co-offensive line coach. It's only thirty-six. Go fuck yourself, Popovich. Their
1: offensive line coach is like. 95 years old.
0: Yeah, he's been with the Patriots since 2015. Um, so first, sorry, uh, first tier staff, first tier staff, which includes coaches must be vaccinated. Uh, the players are not required to be vaccinated, but are going to be subject to stringent protocols during training camp and throughout the season while vaccinated. Uh, sorry, while vaccinated players can resume typical functions And if you um, break COVID protocols, you are eligible to be fined uh, $14,650 per infraction every time you uh, break one of the rules. So, obviously, there is a strong incentive to be vaccinated um, if you're a player, but it's not necessarily required. It is required for coaches, and so far, Cole Popovich and um, Rick Dennison – the offensive line coach of the Vikings, who is 63. Um, I've been with the Vikings for the past two seasons.
1: For reference, the uh, Patriots offensive line coach uh, is not Dante Skarnacki anymore. He retired, so it's not a 90-year-old dude. It's some regular dude, so this guy's not like a protege or anything like that. (coughs) Wow. Ooh, held that off for a while. But go ahead.
0: So are you you surprised to see... um, NFL coaches leaving?
1: No. Um, I'm honestly su- was surprised when I saw it, and I'm surprised we're seeing it now. I feel like they would have given them a little more time to get there or would have happened already. Um, so at this point, it's kind of weird to see it, but you know, looking back, there's nothing surprising about there being – You know coaches especially you know offensive line you know trenches kind of you know the type of stereotype I'm saying so Mm -hmm. we just won't go into it Um, but it's not a surprise that there's guys like that in the NFL who are so adamant against getting vaccinated even to save their job yeah I mean at this point.
0: I think Corwin froze, so I'm just going to start talking. Um, I am a little bit surprised to see, you know, people really put their foot down on this in such an extreme way because it's not like
1: there's no reason anyone should be.
0: Oh, hey, welcome back, buddy. You froze for a while uh, geez. there.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. All right. What were you saying?
1: Uh, what was the last thing you heard?
0: Uh, this is a certain stereotype of a guy, you know, who I'm talking about. So I'm not going to get into it. It was a good minute. Yeah, and a half I ago.
1: mean, I don't want to make any assumptions about these coaches, but I think there's definitely in this scenario, a little bit of ego to go along with it because I don't think it can solely be just a, a health or safety concern i mean nfl teams are privy to so much information Mm -hmm. on top of what we all are and they are getting you know they have access to the top of the line you know medical equipment you know vaccine uh personnel you know what i'm trying to say um words are just so fucking hard today that they should know better and there's just you know, it, with these kind of guys and the stereotype that it is that ego is a big part of it. And it sucks because I don't know. I've completely lost my train of thought. Words have failed me today. Once again, I'm going to hand it back off to you before I continue to um, flounder. If you will.
0: You're like the anti Aaron Sorkin.
1: It's fucking ridiculous. Give me a, like a laptop and a couple of hours and I can write, you know, a beautiful piece about everything I'm feeling. If you ask me to just say it off the top of my head, I am just, my goodness, it's like inverse Rain Man.
0: We're going to start. We're going to turn Corwin into Stephen Hawking. He's going to have to type out everything he's thinking instead of trying to say it or whatever Stephen Hawking did. His eyes, I don't really know how that worked.
1: How often do you talk about Stephen Hawking? Almost never. Right, like I it comes up once every six months, maybe
0: that's actually like, that right? it feels frequent for me, I right? Think- like
1: on the high end, once every six months, you have a conversation about um Stephen Hawking. I had one a day and a half ago. Oh, wow, like an in depth discussion about Stephen Hawking and him surviving for like 20 years with ALS,
0: yeah, like significantly longer than he was, supposed yeah,
1: to. just. It's not crazy, like it's not unbelievable, but it's weird that it happened twice in 48 hours.
0: Well, now it's not going to happen again for the two years, so you're sitting all average. Exactly, out of that's Man. how math works. Regression to the mean, baby. Uh, uh, so I started talking while while you were frozen, but I didn't really get very far. Cool. My cool. my basic idea was like I I am a little bit surprised to see it, only because it's not like these guys are like CPAs and their office is saying. You, look you can stay employed but you can't come into the office unless you're vaccinated i was actually just talking to a coworker about this because someone right. she knew had the situation uh, hardcore anti vaxxer um, and his office said we'll we'll keep you on like you're, you can work you just can't come in because we're mm-hmm. not about that and he ended up he ended up getting vaccinated because he was like i'd love going to the office it's, it gets me hard love it, everything about it um, so he's
1: genuinely crazy not just about this
0: a fucking lunatic yeah <laughs> um and so you'd, you'd think that like you know because if you're a, like an offensive line coach what other qualifications do you have to do fucking anything you know what i'm saying and that's you not, can
1: run camps in the summer and like maybe find like a personal coaching gig but like but
0: that's, that's saying, not look,
1: coaching in the nfl you and know? even
0: then so if because that's what i was gonna say if you decide to do that Right. And I, I was also going to say that's not derisive towards being an offensive line coach. You are a very specifically knowledge person who is doing exactly what your training has brought you to. Like that's it's it's, n- you, you found it. You did it. Good job. Right.
1: Like there's companies who have 500 accountants. There's like on the NFL level level, like 64 of those position max anywhere. Sure, there's some colleges, sure, there's some high schools, but it's not like you can just go to the town's accounting firm and just be like, hey, are you hiring? Because every town's going to have one. Like, it's just.
0: You, You are part of a very elite and small talent pool. And so let's assume, though, that your morals mean more to you than than the money. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, you leave the NFL and you go, all right, I'm going to go coach at my uh, hometown D1 school. Uh, fucking mm-hmm. let, let's say it's Rutgers or some shit. Who who, who really gives a shit? Doesn't matter. Uh, right. Ohio State fucking doesn't matter. What's to say three months from now, the colleges aren't going to say the same thing? Mm hmm. I mean a lot of colleges are already saying that they're going to start requiring their students to be vaccinated which makes sense. I had to get vaccinated for like I think tuberculosis or tetanus one of the two when I oh, before yeah, I went to college. Yeah. Like everyone everyone like has to.
1: rubinoid something like that, rubinol, something there was that a couple sounds, ones... sounds like rhubarb.
0: I didn't even fucking question it. I was like, yeah, shove that shit in my arm, bitch. Right. Like I, like you do what you got to do. Put that science in my blood. I'm going to
1: look up <laughs> rhubarb. Um, vaccine and see how close I get <laughs> rhubarb vaccine.
0: But so, you know, let's say you do that, you leave the NFL, and you, you let's say your paycheck is, I don't know, something's it's the NFL, so it's goofy. Let's say it's like 200 grand, and you go to a college job and you cut your wage 25%. Now it's 150 grand, and then the college is like, You gotta get vaccinated, and you're like, Fuck that shit. I'm gonna go do one of the other things Corwin said and become like a private coach or uh, like work at work at camp. I mean, like, what? What's the upper bound on your pay then? And what? And what's the feeling of success that you were once in the NFL, and now you're that random guy giving private lessons and working at a camp? Like, you are working yourself backwards in your career, backwards in life, and backwards financially, all on the back of some made-up bullshit morality. When instead, you could get a shot that like hundreds of of millions of people have already taken. And uh, several billion would love to get if they had access to it. And guess what? By the time you realize that you're a fucking idiot and you've been out of the NFL for four years, no one's going to want you back. What's this four-year gap in your resume? Oh, you're an idiot? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. You turned down a job with the Patriots because you didn't want to get vaccinated and you want us to trust your judgment? You're You're a moron absolute nincompoop get the fuck out of here leave the front office like why why would you? the 63 year old guy fuck that guy i, I mean mm-hmm. you, like you're gonna get it super fast and you're gonna end up in the hospital super fast like you're gonna right. f- get it and then like three minutes later you're gonna be intubated and, you and know he's what? at
1: retirement age anyway he can just say fuck it like whatever yeah.
0: He's made his bag enough, I'm sure. He can just like go shove sand up his ass and, and have a happy life with sand up his ass. Like He's I'm 36? sure the man
1: I'm I'm sure the man at sixty two is like, man, do I wanna just retire like I make millions of dollars every year. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm set for life. My kids are set for a long time. Like grandkids will probably be getting a big chunk. I'm debating retirement anyway. So it's like, all right, get this vaccine or go hang out on your boat every day and fish. And it's like, well, I'm kind of already leaning this way. So sure. Yeah. No, this will be the reason I'm getting fired and can collect my severance or whatever. It's like, sure. But yeah, the 32 year old, fuck that guy. You're just I, I, a, you're just an idiot. You're an asshole.
0: Oh, man, if I was that dude's wife, I'd be pissed, I'd be pissed. Go tell him
1: to read a book, but I know he can't read.
0: Yeah, that's why he sticks to a job where he's got to read his X's and O's. Oh, God, it's like a kissing um, booth employee.
1: Rubella. Rubella ah, vaccine. Rubella. Yeah, kind of like rhubarb. I, I was close. happy that I was ca- still close and didn't just pull something out of nowhere.
0: I was a lot closer than I thought you'd be.
1: Me, too. i uh, honest, me, too.
0: Uh, I will also... so that's the coaching perspective on it. And we'll see what else happens with that. But the players themselves have also made some statements regarding that as some media members have asked, are you vaccinated? Um, uh, fucking Dak Prescott had a hilarious one where he said, I, I'm not going to answer that. I think that's a HIPAA thing. It's not, <laughs> sir. It is not um, like you can someone on the street can just be like, Hey, do you have cancer? And you don't have to be like, you can't sue them for that. (laughs) An employee, sorry, an employer can't come over to your desk and be like, Hey, Jimmy, you got cancer. We need to figure out next year's payroll. Like that can't happen. But like I can walk down the street and be like, Hey man, you got the flu today. Like you looking kind of ill. Like that, that's, that's not, it's not the same. Those protections aren't all the same. And even the, even the one that was actually protected isn't even necessarily a HIPAA thing. That's just a a protected statuses thing. The HIPAA thing is like, you know, my doctor, I can't go to my doctor and be like, Hey doc, my doctor is going to come up to me and be like, "Hey, Hey, Dak, you've got, you've got AIDS. Like, I don't know how you got it, but whatever you got AIDS. And you'd be like, fuck, I got AIDS. All right, we'll start treatment. And we'd be like, yeah, like super cool. Like we're going to get you all better, all good and all that. Your doctor then can't turn around and be like, hey, media, Dak Prescott got AIDS. That would be a HIPAA violation. <laughs> that would be a medical professional
1: yeah.
0: abusing the information that, that you shared or that you guys discovered together within the confines of a medical facility. Where there was a, a, a semblance of, of professional trust, that would be a HIPAA violation. You being asked by a, a random person who happens to also be holding a microphone, "Hey, did you receive a, vi- a vaccination?" is not a HIPAA violation. That is a that is a man or woman or 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 otherwise asking you a very basic question that you, you guess just didn't feel like answering.
1: It's really annoying when someone quote something incredibly specific like hey if you get a fact in a story wrong or like a figure in a story wrong like oh 42% instead of 4.2% like yeah there's a huge difference between those two numbers but at the very least I can understand where the mistake was made and why with this it's like you just genuinely don't understand what it even stands for or what it is in the first place rather than misunderstanding some detail of it like it's the core pieces that you're missing rather than a mistake and i just don't get how you can be that surface level even though we spout random you know assumptions all the time at least we're doing it about something as dumb as baseball and football rather than you know the law of the united states
0: Well, and also, like, if you're going to hold such an important opinion, you should be able to eloquently speak on why you have that position. Mm -hmm. If you're going to say, after so many across the globe, hundreds of thousands into the millions of people have died from this illness, that you are going to willingly turn down as a wealthy individual – a free vaccine that can keep you from dying like so many of your fellow humans have, you need to have a reason for why you're doing that and be able to speak on it in some intelligent fashion instead of just saying, "Ah, I Mm -hmm. think that's a HIPAA thing because it's not. And you're a jackass for not at least Jackass. trying to say why you have that stupid-ass opinion. And the reason that they're not saying why they have that stupid-ass opinion is they know it's a stupid-ass opinion, and if they do say why they think they have that thing, they're going to get dragged for it because it's absolutely idiotic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And hey, maybe they changed their tune. Mookie bats <sighs> had like a kind of tap danced around in the anti-vax thing early in the MLB season and then came around and was like, I got vaxxed up. Like, you know, it, it's good. Everyone should do it. And maybe you'll see that from this types of players, but like, man, man, you got, Oh God. And Deshaun Watson, not Deshaun Watson. Um, uh, Dak Prescott. Not Dak Prescott. The wide receiver with the, with the Cardinals now.
1: DeAndre Hopkins.
0: DeAndre Hopkins. Thank you. That's, that's where the D was coming from. Uh, (laughs) He also was was had some, you know, like Twitter comments and we've seen a few others from a few other players. And it's 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 fucking unfortunate, man. That's very fucking unfortunate. But, you know, hopefully they see the NFL trying to take this shit seriously and they take it seriously or at least do some learning on the subject. But fuck, is it not great?
1: Some learning on the
0: subject. You got to do your learnings. Got to do your learnings. Yeah. Uh, What
1: now, sir?
0: So Corwin had mentioned to me before we started recording that uh, Texas and Oklahoma are moving to the SEC. And he said, did you hear about it? And I said, I don't know anything about any of those words. So, Corwin, tell me what's happening.
1: Well, Texas is a state and Oklahoma is also a state. There you go. Um, So what had happened officially at this point now, at what time is it? Seven o six p.m. on Monday night. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma have officially announced that they will be leaving the Big Twelve once their contracts expire, in order to apply for the SEC to become members at the SEC um, of the SEC. So their contracts currently run through 2025 and they will apply to be members of the sec and the sec will decide whether or not they want to invite them in. They will because Texas and Oklahoma are two of like the five largest brands in college football. Um, So the money side is unbelievable. Both have incredible athletic programs that spend a shit ton of money. Of course, they're going to want the same there. Uh, The only reason they wouldn't is Texas A&M would be upset. And Texas A&M likes that they're the only Texas team in the SEC. And I feel like people are making fun of Texas A&M for being uh, such pansy-ass bitches. uh, And I would agree with them because... um, It's kind of funny how Texas A&M ran off to join this other conference because they needed an edge against these other two guys. And now they're joining a board and they're throwing a fucking hissy fit. So that's pretty much where we're at. Nothing really super scandalous other than it being like, let's all laugh at A&M. Super conferences are going to become a thing. The sport is ruined forever, but, you know, nothing heavy.
0: So, so where do you fall on, the, on this?
1: Um, if Texas A&M is upset about this, shut the fuck up. Like, you're running away from talented schools because they're, it's going to affect your recruiting. Like, okay, be better. If you're talking about, you know, the SEC bringing in talented teams, yeah, of course they're going to want to bring in the best teams they can. And of course, Texas and Oklahoma want to be in the SEC because of, you know, the teams available to schedule, you know, the prestige, the recruiting, you know, winning catapult you to the national stage in the SEC. But at the end of the day, creating super, um, super conferences and creating a. Pro football atmosphere, uh, and essentially, you know, the haves and haves nots. Um, we're going to pretend like I didn't add an S there to haves. Um, without the balancing effect of the draft and a governing body that is specific for the rules of football, it's bad for the sport as a whole. And I think it's going to kill, it's going to kill off the middle class the same way it has in, you know, the US, where the more power you give. To the top teams and the top programs the more guys they're going to pull in and the wider the spread gets for the talent that the top teams get and the talent that you know the top 100 top 50 top 25 teams get um so i think it's going to be real bad for the sport and they're going to have to make some drastic changes at some point but um that's uh that's the gist of it any questions
0: it is just so wild to see Greed ruin a sport, or really just, I guess, poor decision-making ruin a sport or begin the slow descent of an organization in what is, feels like such an obvious way to those on the outside. Like, and we talk about this all the time, about how the long-term consequences for some things that some leagues do feel so obvious, and yet they just do it anyway do the stupid thing anyway, or avoid the smart thing anyway. So is this that situation? Like, or do you think there could be a benefit to this in the long run?
1: It's one of those things where it would be beneficial to the top teams and it would be beneficial for, in some respect, the NCAA because it would basically turn them into a pro league. They would make more money, but there's a massive risk of them completely failing because they're taking away the, taking away that last piece that holds up the competitive balance between pro and college football, where you already have players getting paid for their likeness and image, which is by all means something that should be more of a constitutional issue than a football issue. I fully support that because it's not teams paying players. It's an indirect source of income. But this is something that is direct with the football on the field and directly affecting the ability for smaller schools to acquire talent. And while it's similar in a way to the indirect, you know, money coming into uh, players' pockets and and basically having larger programs be able to draw up, you know, more of that money for its players, this is something where it's not going to be a short-term change. Like they're going to join the SEC and sign a twenty-five year, twenty-year contract, twenty years of SEC being a even larger black hole for talent not in a negative sense but just how it's able to draw in um, players because there isn't free agency there isn't a draft it's just hey wherever a 17 year old kid decides he wants to play football that's where he's going to go play football i think the competitive balance of college football as a whole and you know the competitiveness of being able to compete for a national title of the 129 division one FBS schools is, you know, at Liberty. I'm very long winded this episode. This never happens.
0: I know I'm, I'm really quite enjoying it. We haven't heard we, this is more Corbin Heller words this episode than we've gotten in like the last five combined.
1: It's crazy. And that's very negative because uh, that's, that's not great for someone hosting a podcast, but I will let y'all speak, too.
0: Oh, gee, thanks, budding. No, um, all right, for well, do we have any other football topics or shall we transition into the MLB?
1: Um, I'm fine transitioning to MLB.
0: All right, well, as I said at the top of the show, we're going to save uh, the Yankees talk until uh, Thursday's episode when we have Stacey, Stacey Katsoulias on to, to talk about it, talk um, about the team, their moves, what they mean, how they feel stuff like that. Uh, But there's been a couple of things that have happened already that we can get on into. So we'll start with uh, the Nelson Cruz trade, because why not? Uh, And that is, uh, what day was that? The 22nd. So it was actually a little bit ago at this point. Uh, Did did that, I think that's when our episode released, which is why we didn't talk about it. Yes. That was last Thursday. um, When the Minnesota twins and the Tampa Bay Rays uh, exchanged two players aside, uh, the, Rays got Nelson Cruz and Calvin Faucher in exchange for Joe Ryan and Drew Stotman. So just Stratman. a little backup background on um, Joe Ryan and Drew Stotman in 2020. Uh, those two players were ranked as, um, Joe Ryan was the 11th ranked prospect in the Rays system. And Drew Strotman was the 27th ranked prospect in the Rays system with the twins. Joe Ryan is now the sixth ranked prospect uh, and Drew Strotman all jumps all way up to 13. So that really just helps illustrate um, how much of an impact those two players are in the twins farm system going from, what did I just say for uh, Ryan? A- yeah. 11, and 27 are now uh, 6 and 13. Huge difference maker um, for them. So, obviously, it seems like a good trade. Uh, and then let's see real quick where our boy, what's his name again? Fucking what Gouchman Foucher. Foucher. Anthony Foucher. Um, oh, man. He, he doesn't even, does he register? He's not in the top 30 for Ray's prospects. So, yeah, which makes sense. Because the real point of this trade is not to acquire Calvin Foucher. <laughs> it is. Uh, no. no, it is to acquire Nelson 42 Cruz. Year old. And it's so he funny. He is a uh, 41, One. I believe.
1: Yeah. Just turned yeah. 41. Happy birthday. Still young. Um, still young.
0: Still an all-star. So far on the season, his slash line is a 289, 367, 542. That is an OPS of 909, an OPS plus of 153, still very good. And he's
1: 42 years old, 41 years old, and has a 153 OPS plus. That's
0: stupid. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. And that that OPS Plus, might I add, is the sixth best OPS plus of his career.
1: It's so stupid. He's 40, just 41. just hitting baseballs, yeah. just murdering him.
0: It's so much fun to watch.
1: He's been in the league for 17 years.
0: 05 Seven, was his rookie year.
1: 17 years, and he started when he was 24.
0: It's so stupid. It's so dumb. I love it so much. Um, now, it's so funny that this was one of the first trades that ended up, I think the first trade that ended up breaking around the trade deadline because in our um, – AL standings review. Corey and I talked about down the stretch what team would look better, the Sox or the Rays. And my main concern was the Rays batting because bullpens can wear down if you overuse them too much. And the Rays were bullpen reliant with some subpar hitting. And wouldn't you know it, it that's exactly what they thought, too, apparently with this trade. I'm not a genius by any means because that was the obvious conclusion I think everyone and their fucking mother came to. Um, mm-hmm. But this drastically trans- transforms how this team is going to be set up. Uh, obviously, Manuel Margot is still a hurt, so this takes Austin Meadows. Uh, well, really, this takes probably – this takes Brett Phillips out of the lineup um, so you can start you know, playing in a full outfield of Randy Rosarena – Kevin Kiermeyer and Austin Meadows with the DH being Nelson Cruz. And then you can just platoon as needed or wanted, um, which is a way better setup than what they've had going because basically you get to replace Brett Phillips's 94 OPS plus with Nelson Cruz's um, 153 OPS plus, mm-hmm. which is a big fucking difference. That's 60 additional percentage points of increased offensive production, which obviously matters quite a bit. Um and you really don't lose too much on defense. Brett Phillips is a very good defensive outfielder, but, um, you know, Kevin Kiermeyer is obviously a, one of the top 10 center fielders in, in baseball by defense. Uh, with, I said without checking because I believe that to be true, having watched him play so much. And then Randy Rosarena and Austin Meadows are not butchers, so you will survive.
1: Um, and I mean, like, Austin Meadows, um, Kiermeyer, thank you, Corwin Brain. Good job. I couldn't even put together the sentence. I am shooting out to comment on how bad my sentences are coming out. So fuck me. These guys are gold glove winners. I mean, Kiermaier's won multiple platinum gloves. These guys are excellent defenders. Yeah. Kiermaier's old, but he's all over the field still.
0: Kevin Kiermaier's 31.
1: No shit. He feels older, doesn't he? so much older. It's one of those things where it's like, he always has looked so young. That like yeah no he's actually really old like it's that's the crazy thing about him but in reality no like he's just like he looks kind of his age now and it just seems like he's old as hell
0: yeah and uh but he's he's still doing it man he's still a great fucking outfielder it's very annoying it very much is he always flexes that against the Yankees, but so you know, I have family
1: that lives in Tampa and is—they're uh, all Rays fans. Kevin Kiermaier is each one of their favorite players because he's just hot.
0: Oh, that's also absolutely valid. And he's also been with the organization exclusively for nine years. He's never played for another team, and probably
1: it's wouldn't. always cool to see.
0: Yeah. One more year away from 10 and 5 rights, which I'm sure the Rays would hate, so I would expect Kevin Kiermaier to get traded in the offseason. So. What does that mean? Uh, 10 and 5 rights gives you the ability to veto trades of yourself. Well, it, it yeah. So if you've been in the league for 10 years and you've been with the same team for five years, you get some say in whether or not you get traded. And the idea of that being is like, If you've been in the league for ten years, you've been—you're a very good player. You're respected. You've—you served your time, paid your dues, all that shit. And if you've been with a team for five years, you probably have a life there, um, wherever you are. This famously came up with Adam Jones when the Orioles were doing their teardown, and they had traded Manny Machado, and they were trading away a few other pieces. And they wanted to trade Adam Jones because they were tearing down and they wanted to get more young players. And Adam Jones had been with the Orioles for over five years and had been in the MLB in MLB for more than that and more than 10. And he was like, go fuck yourself. I have like a wife and kids. It's school and it's it's not happening. Eat my dick. And the Orioles had no choice but to eat his dick.
1: I'm not moving from Baltimore to Arizona. I want to move from Baltimore to fucking Japan, Korea. Hell yeah, dude!
0: I, I think he's retired from there too. Role, but so, it is funny how back. he
1: moved super far away.
0: Yeah, um, but he did it on his own terms. He did it on um, his own time, and he got to finish out his season, you know, helping out Cedric Mullins in the outfield and being a mentor to what is now um, one of the best center fielders in the in the game. Instead of just you know up and getting uprooted like you know like a rookie guy. In the middle of the season, the well, late in the season. So, yeah, you know, that's what it's there for. So, uh, I guess Kiermeyer would get his 10th year next season. I mean, his first season, he only played one game. So, I'm actually not sure if it counts, but who's to say? Who's to say? Who's
1: Adam to Jones say? has not yet retired.
0: I think he teased it on There's Twitter that he might there. retire at the end of the season in the uh, MPB or well, in the Korean baseball league. But I don't, I don't remember.
1: He's in uh, MPB.
0: Okay. Oryx Buffaloes. Is that where he yep. is? Yeah. Um, no idea. So that's the Nelson Cruz trade. Um, obviously it takes one of the biggest bats off of the trade market. Um obviously there are other position players that are still good and one would think available, you know you got your Trevor Stories out there. But anyway, when we saw Adam Frazier get traded, but this is probably the biggest solo, you know, biggest bet as a as a main um main kind of contribution. So, that's that. The Rays then turned around and I think like literally in under 24 hours traded away Rich Hill uh yeah literally the next day t- June, July 23rd to the New York Mets uh the so they the Mets wanted to get younger uh, can you blame them <laughs> actually they did <laughs> technically get younger Rich Hill I think is 1 yeah. year older than Nelson Cruz um so Rich Hill gets sent gets sent to New York the Mets send back in return reliever Tommy Hunter and a minor league catcher Matt Dyer um, in exchange so uh Matt Dyer do you exist on the Rays top 30 prospects Probably no not. he does not Um and Tommy Hunter are you here either
1: I think he would I feel like Tommy Hunter would
0: he's 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 also not he might be on the major league roster though um Dang. tough to say
1: I'm gonna look it up Save but this
0: skin. This feels like a very Rays move. Uh, They took a flyer on Rich Hill and he came out and performed well for them. And then they turned around and flipped him for prospects. And that is exactly what you would expect a team like the Rays to do. Pick up a guy for two and a half million bucks, which really isn't much money. And then go and save even more money by getting two guys that cost even less combined and, will ultimately cost less going forward, be younger, and and everything that you would want as the cheapest team in baseball. So,
1: Tommy Hunter is on the Major League roster and has a 461 OPS plus.
0: He's a reliever. Yes. So he's allowed a 461 OPS plus?
1: No. He has bat for 461 OPS plus he's gotten one for three with oh. one hit and uh, that's it i guess i see
0: you what will... you've done and I did, I did not appreciate it
1: yeah no you're welcome he has one total base i don't know how he's one for three with zero walks and a 2000 ops with one hit one single i should say
0: i don't know how that works out either
1: Oh, he has three plate appearances, but only one. Oh, I'm stupid. He's been in three games as a batter, but only has one at-bat, one plate appearance. Ah, I don't understand makes how that's possible, sense. but sure.
0: That makes much Maybe more Maybe as a sense.
1: runner in extra innings? I don't know. I, yeah,
0: up. no idea. Can't help you. Sorry, I'm just trying to find this fucking I'm trying to find Tommy Hunter on the fucking depth chart. And why can't I find it says I'm not sure he exists. I've convinced myself he doesn't exist. Tommy Hunter is not a real person.
1: Hmm.
0: Wait. He's
1: 35. Yes,
0: he's 35. Sure. Jesus i've never heard of this man and he has played in 476 major league baseball games
1: i don't even know if he is on the 40 man anymore i'm struggling to find him
0: that is but astonishing he
1: can't he can't be very good
0: uh his career era is 4.04 and his career war is 7.5 according to fan graphs like he was According on Baseball the Reference he has
1: a 11.1 career and .4 so far this year career war I should
0: say. So this is also actually his second stint with the Rays. He was there in 2017. Um and he was in Baltimore for 3 seasons. I have no idea who the fuck this guy is.
1: He's honestly been really good as well like his last several he had a zero era in 5.1 innings last year with a 3.8 2.61 3.18 4.18 2.97 2.81 like he has some really good seasons on here
0: this okay I, I can't I'm mystified by the fact I don't know who this is so I'm just gonna move on um so for the for the for the Mets side of this, they have been looking for more starting pitching. Uh, their starting pitching has been good; it's been quite good. But their problem has been injuries. Jacob Degrom is now starting a rehab assignment very soon. Um, you don't know how that's going to hold up, and you know, blah blah blah. Every team who's a starting pitcher. you you take another starting pitcher if you if you can get it? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's honestly it's not a very inspiring trade from from. For the Mets, and I am not sure how I'd feel about it if I was a Mets fan. It seems pretty low risk. I mean, you're not really giving up much, so why not take a flyer on a, a guy that could possibly help your rotation? But it's also not the most inspiring one. And if this is the if this is the rotation move, if this is the biggest trade the Mets make, I think you got to mm-hmm. be very angry if you're a Mets fan. But I also wouldn't bank on it being. Um, I oh don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what else the Mets do. Um, this could end up just being a way to clear guys off the 40 man. Um, since this was a, a one player for two player type situation, maybe that's the Mets doing some shuffling to try to make a bigger splash with a second trade later on. We'll see. I don't know. Um but I can't say. This is not going to, I think, make or break the Mets season. But I could talk about my ass. Who knows?
1: Um, when do we not speak out of our ass, though?
0: Never. Always out the butt. Touché. Every day. Uh, all right. Well, the only other trade that has occurred uh, has been the Adam Fraser trade, which has probably been the splashiest oh, yeah. trade.
1: How awful is that? How awful is that?
0: I don't even know what song that was.
1: Oh, it wasn't. It was just me saying,
0: hell yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. I forgot. I don't have video. So the face doesn't come through either. Oh, this is awkward. Oh, boy.
0: It's fucking awkward, bud.
1: You're fucking Uh, awkward, bud. Figure it the fuck out.
0: I wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. Um...
1: (laughs) Hey, Josh, we're going to throw each other some super soft birthday parties coming up
0: oh you know it pal um fuck. all right I, I'm sure i trying to regain my train of thought here so the San Diego Padres have traded for Adam Frazier they um received Adam Frazier in exchange for uh Tussupita Marcano who's an infielder outfielder Jack Sawinski and right-handed pitcher Michelle Miliano um, and Pittsburgh is sending over Adam Frazier and about $1.4 million. Um, so once again, we're entering the realm of paying a player to not play for you, which is, uh, a choice. That's for sure. Um, yeah. From the Padres perspective, which I'll let you talk about more since I'm sure you know more about it, um. I like the strategy of just take who you, who, who are the best players and figure out the positions after the fact. Because if you limit yourself by positional need, then you might not, you're not, you might end up missing out on good bats. And it's like, you know, first base ain't shit to play. So, you know, if you're, if you're a better middle infielder, then like moving over to first will be easy as shit for you. So I, I think this is probably a, a good strategy for them. Um, just to finish that before turning it over to you. Uh, Tusupita Marcano was the Padres' number sixth ranked prospect in 2020. Uh, who are the other names? I just lost. Oh, Jack Sawinski. Um, I like the don't. Name. I, forget,
1: I forget it already.
0: I don't see Jack Sawinski even here, so I'm gonna go ahead and say he wasn't. He's not in the top 30. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Miliano. Is also not in the top thirty. So but still, I mean, number six overall prospect is pretty fucking high. Uh,
1: and even then, you know. Oh, sorry, I'll let you finish before we start off.
0: Interestingly enough, uh Tusapita Mark- Marcano actually gets dropped down a spot in the pod in the pirates uh prospect system, which hmm. must mean they're building quite a prospect system because uh he's now number seven uh in the pirate system, and the other two guys also do not crack the top 30 Mm -hmm. prospects here so yeah there you go it's
1: you know Tupacata is a nice you know infield prospect guy who can play you know in the outfield plus defense he's going to be a slap hitter that's just kind of the way it goes but at the end of the day he's not a guy who's going to have a whole lot of playing time with us you know he's not going to be able to develop with us the way he needs to, to develop some power to develop some more consistency. That's just not a team he can break into the lineup on when we're pushing for a, you know, world series title. Um, So it's not a huge loss for the Padres. It's, you know, it's a piece of capital that they were developing in order to move. And AJ Preller is um, an excellent, transaction general GM you know he's good at making trades he's good at you know signing free agents we talk about this in the NFL a lot about whether you would rather have your guy be able to draft well and develop well or be able to sign free agents and you know of course there's always going to be a mix but with where the Padres are this is a fantastic deal for them you know they have a billion second baseman on their roster like they have three starting caliber second baseman on their, you know, 20-man roster. Um, Hasak Kim, Jake Cronenworth, and now Adam Fraser are all natural second baseman. But they're going to be playing, you know, shortstop. They're going to be playing – not shortstop. They're going to be playing second base. They're going to be playing first base now with Jake Cronenworth assumedly moving over um, to replace Eric Hosmer. And you just find places for them to play. You know, there's going to be games where one of them rotates into the outfield because they have that defensive ability, and their offensive ability is worth making sure, you know, it gets into that lineup. And like you said, this is just such a fun way to build a team where you just get the best players that are available at, you know, excellent bargain prices and affordable, valuable prices and you find places for them to play you know it's not crazy difficult for an all-star caliber defensive second baseman to learn first base it's really like it's a change for sure and it's a big change but it's not something you wouldn't expect them to do like jake cronenworth plays excellent defense at second base and first base natural move over this isn't like we're filling a team with second baseman, And struggling to get any of them going because none of them are able to get consistent playing time and none of them are playing, you know, full minutes if you, you know, so to speak. So I don't get why people would be terribly upset by this. I think it's an awesome trade. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's funny to think that like, so if you don't get or you think it's a waste to keep getting second baseman, like, would you be upset if you had a team, an infield full of shortstops? Or an, like, an infield of four shortstops. Or an outfield of three center fielders. Right. Like, do you know how stupid that sounds? Like, it's fucking idiotic. So you want to take the guys with the best defensive proficiency mm-hmm. and say they can't play anywhere else because it's like saying the closer's the closer because he closes. It's fucking stupid. Right. It's arbitrary as shit.
1: Like, I get um, it if you're filling up the infield with first baseman. Oh, yeah. Know, a bunch of Albert Pujols and Eric Cosmers and guys with – abilities to play pretty good first base, mediocre third base and fucking awful in between. Sure. Like there's a reason to get upset by that, but come on, this ain't, this ain't it. Yeah.
0: Uh, I will also say from the, from the Padres perspective. So one of the other things I've, I've seen floating about in terms of fan discussion on this is, well, this is Adam Frazier's best season. Why would they trade for Adam Frazier and what is an aberration from his norm? And, uh, he's cheap that that that's why like think about it this way the guys that they traded might end up never having a season like Adam Frazier is having even if it's just the one season that's the risk with prospects you're not guaranteed anything out of a prospect if Wander Franco came up and bombed and ended up out of baseball in four years you go I mean it happens there's no surefire things At any one of these players, best seasons, if they make it to the show, might not be this one season from Adam Frazier. And so, yeah, you're the Padres. You never make the playoffs. You've made one World Series 20-something years ago and got swept. Like, you want it. And you're smart enough to realize that the cost of acquiring Adam Frazier is not that high. The money owed to Adam Frazier is basically nothing. And if he is only good for the next two, three months, but he's doing that that well, this well, all of those three months on your team, you're fucking thrilled. You're absolutely fucking thrilled. Yeah, ever Cosmer's going to ride the bench. Suck a dick. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Guess what? Get, you can move him. If you don't want to pay that salary, you can move him to like the Rockies or the Orioles, cover his entire or get his salary covered by those teams and just load up their, their farm system if the money means that much to you or you can just let him rock the bench and platoon every now and then pinch hitting against the righty. Like you'll figure it out. But the the main point being is that you don't need Adam Frazier to turn into a perennial all-star. You just need all-star Adam Frazier for this year. And then you figure the rest of that shit out later. This is what you will have to next year too. Right. And again, if he ends up not being well next next, not being a good player next season, fuck it. You've got a great infield. The only position you might have to end up filling in uh, on the trade market or in free agency would be first base, which is – I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy as shit. But if if you have to fill a position, like I think you'd cross your fingers and pry it's only first base. And, yeah. and I mean, you figure that shit out when it happens. You do not need Adam Frazier to be on your team for a decade. You do not need Adam Frazier to be an all-star for the next five years. You just need Adam Frazier to be this version of Adam Frazier for the next two and a half to three months so you can win a chip. That's it. And this is the cost of doing business and gambling with what, hey, it could be anything. It could be Adam Frazier with, hey, it's actually Adam Frazier. This is the trade-off you make. Every time, if you're a competing mm-hmm. team, you got to go for the throat. Got to go for the kill. If it'd be so much worse if the Padres get bumped from the playoffs in the first round in the wild card game, which is a <laughs> sincere possibility that they end up getting to only that game because they were one, one batter shy, one upgrade over Eric Hosmer away from being in the second round of the playoffs and being able to make a run. You do not want to be in that position. Mm-hmm. It makes all the sense in the world.
1: There's not a single team in MLB that wouldn't have gotten better making this trade. I mean, yeah, there are certain teams where it's not quite as valuable, but each team is still gaining value overall. It's one of those things where Oh fuck, I just lost my train of thought on what I was going to say. Every um, team's
0: getting, every team will get better from this trade.
1: Yeah, no, I was I was trying to change to something else and I, I forgot it. while starting on that. Um yeah fuck it maybe it'll come back to me
0: that's all good yeah it's and it's that it's a lovely combination for me personally of traditional of you know like value control mm-hmm. or value you know value based thinking and you know so some level of of analytical rational rationality that kind of shit And also riding a hot hand because again, Mm -hmm. let's say, you know, Adam Frazier has been in the bigs. This is his sixth season. Wow. I can't believe it's been that long. Um, Mm -hmm. This is his first year as an all-star. This is only his second full season over a 100 OPS plus. Like I'm sure there's plenty of signs that this is not the true Adam Frazier and that's fine. That's totally fine. If you are riding a hot hand, but you keep fucking winning, keep riding the hot hand until it ain't hot anymore. Yeah. And again, the Padres roster is constructed in a way that they can do that. And that it's not costing them shit to do it. This is what every fan should want their team to do. Some random player is having a phenomenal year on a team. That's not going to make the playoffs. And chances are that won't last forever. Good. He won't be expensive or even if he it will be expensive, like how expensive can a guy get like go out and get him. do it. I I love this show.
1: Absolutely. I did remember what uh it we were talking about. There's the sunk cost fallacy here where like Eric Hosmer has a shitty ass contract. It sucks. He's getting paid twenty million dollars to be a guy that only knows how to hit directly into the dirt. That's just the way it is. But at the end of the day, you can't really just shed the contract all that easily. You're still getting a you know clubhouse leader, a, a somewhat positive bat. Just because he's there and you have to pay him that money doesn't mean you shouldn't also make your team better with cheap, good players. Like Adam Frazier is not impeding your ability to sign players in any way. It's not impeding your ability to get better or get a better chance to to win the world series in the next handful of years. Like it's an easy trade to make. It's a blunt. It's a stupidly easy. It's a guaranteed decision to make. If this is offered to them and the pirates called them up and said, Hey, we want this for Adam Fraser." There's no negotiating. You say yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it, I, I think, you know, we, we live in a time where there is so much better stats keeping and specifically like video and highlight reels for prospects mm-hmm. and much to whether that's MLB's credit specifically, or the minor league teams getting more of a presence in social media or uh, their own marketing um, agenda, whatever that is. It's great for the game because mm-hmm. you know, like the Josh of a decade ago would have almost no, like, I would have no idea who half the prospects on the Yankees are just because like, you don't hear about them like that much, you know, Right. Uh, in the, in the broadcast. And, you know, you only hear about them if like, if they come up and, you know, like unless you, you, you watch like all the spring training games, like after the rosters get weird and you know, you're just not going to know it. And right. while that's great from a fan perspective, because once more engagement and it's, it's, Uh, more excitement for your own team, all that type of stuff, it could also lead to prospect hugging. And the thing about prospects is that they are always a gamble. Mm -hmm. They are always going to be a gamble. And you have to decide, where is my team? Do I need a gamble? Or do I need the sure thing now? And that is the quintessential difference between a playoff push and rebuilding. Because if I am... The Pirates, I might not need a sure thing right now. I might need a team full of gambles. Mm-hmm. And obviously, and I, I say this caveat every time, every team can afford to play all the players it wants to pay. They choose not to do it. I understand that. But operating under the constraints of the real world for a moment, it's just so bad having one sure thing prospect is not going to. Yield the same potential result as taking two get two gambles, three right. gambles, however many players you can end up getting that could end up being worth something or be turned into something down the road via other trades. And when you're a position like the like the Padres, who again you almost need to be more front loaded as a team if you're going to be in the wild card game than you do as the one seed, because Absolutely. if you're playing as the one seed, you have a series for your first time in the playoffs for your first round of the playoffs. So if you get rocked game one, or if you have, you know, a platoon that didn't work out for you, mm-hmm. you know, like you started, um, uh, Max Muncy in, instead of Albert Pujols. Oh, those are both lefties. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Max yeah, Muncy said it, yeah, Chris yeah. Taylor and like, you know, vice versa and Chris Taylor had a bad game. And the next game you get Muncy and Muncy, you'll have a great game. Or what does any you know, guy gets hurt? Right. Any guy gets hurt. Your starter has a rough day, but hey, you've got like five really good starters. So it's all good. Like that's not the case in the wild card game. You get one fucking game, one fucking Mm -hmm. game. And you're going to need your team to be loaded to do it.
1: Jake Cronenworth gets hurt going into the wild card game. Okay. Our chances are pretty much slim now. Like there's such a huge drop off in talent in our lineup. You know, it's over. There's no chance. Like, okay. So this entire season, all of these trades that AJ Preller's made, all of these moves, everything that's happened this season's over and done with, it's gone because one guy happened to get hurt when there was a very cheap manageable replacement to replace him that you could have already had on your team. And, you know, you're there's a very real chance they're playing the wild card game against the Dodgers against, you know, Clayton Kershaw or Trevor Bauer or you know, Walker Bueller, who's been their guy the past couple of years, like it's a difficult, like it's the best team in baseball, you know, roster talent wise. Yeah. You need to stack up against them as best you can, because it's a serious team. Like it's not like the giants are having a a breakout year with all of these old veterans and, and putting together a great season with, you know, some excellent pitching. It's not like you're betting that your guys who have a history of this are going to outperform this, you know, Cinderella story. It's the it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. Like, it's the team that's been the best team in baseball for years. The roster you bring to a single game elimination to get into the playoffs needs to be absolute peak talent to compete with that other team.
0: And, you know, even if they don't, have to play in the wild card game. And this whole part of our conversation means nothing. And you can sit there and right. like, no team plans to play in the wild card game, which is wrong, but you can think that if you want. Uh, oh, no, they got better. Like, oh, like, oh, no. Why would they playing for the wild card game and improve the roster? No. Like,
1: and if, but if there's any team that's going to need to prepare for the wild card game, it's a team in the NL West. Yeah. Who would have thought?
0: Shocking. It yeah. So I, I think this is a super cool move. Um I'm going to be very interested. Like there was a it was just to you know put a, a bum on this part of the conversation, you know, there was also a rumor that that broke around afterwards that the that Preller was also looking at potentially trading for Trevor Story, who some of us might know is a shortstop. And the Padres already got one of the best shortstops in baseball. And they were contemplating putting him in center field. The
1: best shortstop in baseball.
0: And you know what's funny about Trevor Story in center field? Nothing. That's a great idea. <laughs> like, he's a great hitter. He plays good defense. Fuck it. Figure that shit out later. I oh, mean, goddamn. You,
1: you have gold glove Trent Grissom at center field. It's like, okay, I'd still rather have Trevor Story. In, now, the worst thing that uh, happens is heartbeat. we have a gold glove right fielder. Oh no.
0: Seriously, it's such a stupid team gets better. It, oh, it it is such a stupid thing. It's like I I I obviously wasn't like too conscious when the Yankees got Alex Rodriguez. But could you imagine being a Yankees fan complaining about getting Alex Rodriguez? Right. We already have a shortstop. What do we need Alex Rodriguez? How'd that work out for the Yankees? Pretty fucking good. Yeah worked out pretty fucking good didn't it
1: it's almost like baseball is a sport where you could play interchangeable positions easiest like yeah basketball there's a reason you know uh, Steph Curry can't just slide up and play power forward in the NBA there's about a foot difference in 100 pounds in football you know you're right tackle isn't going to be able to just move on over to tight end or wide receiver just because he's tall. Like baseball by all means has very different, but very interchangeable positions where the foundational principles are the same. And it's only half of your role on that team. You can just move around.
0: Oh, that's one of the things that makes the game great. Gotta love it. Yeah. So, this will be Thank a you. super fun last week heading into the trade deadline. Again, only four days. It ends on Friday. So, we won't do get a chance to do a full recap until the following Monday's episode. Um, that'll be, uh, I don't know, like August 3rd or some shit. Um, hopefully, if the Yankees do anything cool, they do it prior to Wednesday night when we'll be recording with Stacey Gatsoulias. So, again, check that shit out and follow her on Twitter and shit. She's super funny. Um, at Stace Scott's. Um, but that'll be next episode. Uh, if you want to follow the show, our show, our show on Twitter, you can do so at Juice and Pop. We don't really post from there very often. So if you like to follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you follow me mm. on Twitter. do so at, Cor- at jo- I'm, not, I'm not Corbin, at Josh Woody Tracy. <laughs> and if you'd like to uh, send emails to the show, you can do so at uh, Numbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday,
1: Y'all have a good one. Bye.